ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Just Yelter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. It is good to see you, sir, because it is another Thursday where we're here doing stuff. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, of course, the Thursday night. Oh, sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and this is my co-host, Zelius. Wow, because I'm not doing this, it's messing me up. <laughs> this is the Thursday Hangout. It's a live show where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you during the week. If at any time during the show you have any comments or thoughts, please drop them in the chat. We will add them to the show. And I look am... at you, you're still able to talk sometimes. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I basically cut out half of the intro, but hey, hey. The other intro is it's beautiful to see you, sir. Yes, indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, I have unfortunately, my not me, but my wonderful computer has decided that uh, it's going to disable random keystrokes on me, so I'm having to do things without being able to alt-tab. So it'd be even better, so every time you press the key, a different key randomly got disabled, so you don't actually know if the key you're pressing is disabled. Ah, the key disabled roulette. I do not like yes. that. I do not like that. Mm, sounds like a good virus. Like, you would be really hard to diagnose that. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, the, the S key wasn't working a second ago. No, okay. So, uh, uh, anyways, um, besides that fun little fact that it's my computer and not my keyboard, thankfully I, I purchased a quick, cheap keyboard to test it out. Um, but we've got stuff to talk about during the show. So let us start right off with uh, something that Zelius mentioned and I didn't want to believe, and that is the fact that uh, Overwatch 2 is indeed coming and is indeed apparently coming rather soon. You didn't believe me, sir. I did not. But um, if they screw this up, there's going to be a lot of angry people. Right now, the release... Is scheduled for October 4th, uh, 2022. Um, now, the reason why this is important and this might screw people, or this might uh, screw a lot of people over, is the fact that Overwatch Season 36 has started. Because of the release of, October, of uh, Overwatch 2, this is not going to be your normal 10-week run for a season. Um, there are speculations that this season will be based on an experimental patch that implements some of some Overwatch 2 gameplay changes using, uh, uh, changes, but using assets from the original game. Um, loot box purchases have now been disabled in the game. I saw that. Yep. Uh, but you could still earn. They could still be earned by leveling up one's account until September 15th. So you have 14 days. Uh, when And on September 15th, all unopened loot boxes will be open in preparation for the Overwatch to migration. Now, that's important because they're going to take Euro. If you have an existing Overwatch account, it is going to magically be migrated over to Overwatch 2 because Overwatch 2 is, is free to play. Now, not only is your account going to be um, migrated over, but upon the release of Overwatch 2, they are shutting down Overwatch 1, like Kaputskis. Thankfully, for those uh, Overwatch veterans out there who 
I guess we're still sticking with it. Uh, all of your progress will carry over into Overwatch 2. Now, here is some... what? Okay, Zelius, what is the one thing that we harp about when it comes to Overwatch 2... Or, sorry, Overwatch, when it comes to the professional esports scene? That it started out rocking and rolling and it's basically kind of got into a small whisper because there's no change in anything in the game over the last number of years. Exactly. Now, this is what Overwatch 2, as of right now, is promising. And that is that in each season, there will be new maps. There will, upon launch, there will be three new characters for Overwatch 2. And the character roster set will expand every other season. So not you're not going to get a new character every season, which is a 10-week run, but every two seasons. So that's a 20-week run, which would be, what, half a year? Uh, about a third of a year. Yeah. Roughly two to three years. I mean, it's still a much better pace than what they had. They didn't and, have a pace. <laughs> well, I like that it's predictable because I felt yeah. like some other, particularly MOBAs and specifically, will just like randomly throw new characters at you. And you're like, oh? and like, if you don't play for like, it seems like a month, there's like eight new characters you have to learn all, all of a sudden. Versus Overwatch is predictable. And to me, the other big difference too is like, I feel like a lot of games, there's power creep with new characters because they want you to play the new shiny. Right. Where, we got to decide, um, Overwatch really did try to, I think, make the new heroes at the release kind of the same power level as the other characters. Um, now, my big question is, as far as free-to-play, are all of the characters and maps and all that stuff also free-to-play as they continue to come out? I, that's a good question. And, of course, the other big question is, where does PvE come into all of this? Because, remember, that was like... What PvE? Well, exactly. Like, that was the whole reason behind Overwatch 2 originally was basically the PvE campaign and basically keeping v PvP pretty much the same-ish. There's no such thing as PvE and Overwatch. What are you talking about? Exactly. So that's what I'm still curious to see is, is that going to happen? I'm going to say the PVE thing is going to be a fun feature that's thrown a year down the line if it actually still exists. Unfortunately. We shall see. Um, I don't know. So it's, I've not played Overwatch in quite some time. Um, I don't remember the last time I played, honestly. Um, so, I mean, it's a fun game. I enjoyed it as a first-person shooter. Yep. I just padded up a bit, basically, is what it came down to. I, I think, Zelius, that you are, uh, you are a gamer that will try a game and let it run its course, and then you are, in very, very rare occurrences, will you even attempt to go back later? I'll go back to games eventually, like especially MMOs. I mean, I went back to Final Fantasy. I went back to Guild Wars. Yep. I granted Guild Wars 2 is literally 10 years later. Yep. Final Fantasy was like, 
probably seven or eight years later. So I might come back because there's always that itch in the back of my mind, but it's also probably different for a FPS versus a MMO. Because mm -hmm. like an MMO, I still have the continuality of those characters. Right. Where like when I, mean, when I logged into Guild Wars 2, I still had my old level 80 thief, basically the same power level and all that stuff. Versus Overwatch, I don't know, because there's always different FPSs you can play too. Um, let's be honest, probably more or not probably are more popular are the battle royale games, anyways, like yep. Apex Legends. Um and Valorant. And Valorant have really kind of overtaken that popularity. Yeah. Especially among the up-and-coming gamers, you know, the kids who are gonna be the future of that spending capital in video games, they're really much more interested in the um battle royales than a kind of traditional fps like overwatch or battlefield or any of the others you want to kind of name right right i agree um so i mean, guess we'll guess we'll see i mean here's hoping for those overwatch two people and and hopefully they they make that october date and it breathes new life into the pro league from everything i've read because i still follow the overwatch um forums mm -hmm. mainly on reddit mm -hmm. everybody likes from what i've seen pretty much it's kind of the same level of hate or love for overwatch 2 versus the og overwatch mm -hmm. it's like if you like the original overwatch you'll probably like overwatch 2 and vice versa so i think it'll kind of stay almost the same level you'll probably overwatch 2 you obviously bring in new players just right. because every new release does that everybody wants the new shiny thing and you'll also still get the new characters and maps. So I think as long as the gameplay quality kind of stays where it's at or even improves, I still think Overwatch has that staying power to still be a popular FPS mm -hmm. versus like Heroes of the Storm, which went down the shitter because basically Blizzard stopped doing it. Basically, it sounds like Heroes of the Storm is what Overwatch was become. Or sorry, Overwatch was becoming what Heroes of the Storm was, where basically Blizzard stopped doing anything yep. um for quite a while and that's what's basically happened to hots is it doesn't get touched so you right. still have people playing it but it's just kind of there whereas overwatch at least and i think it's for, i mean cynically speaking it's because blizzard sees more money in overwatch than hots well it's because you've got these uh billionaires who put like 35 billion dollars down on overwatch to have a professional team in atlanta or new york Whereas Hots sure. was the the uh, Heroes of the Storm. I think their big niche was really kind of on the college scene because they had the Heroes of the Dorm tournament that was really cool. Not not gonna lie, it was pretty cool, and I, I was sad to, that it disappeared as fast. Well, it was as it much. Did. I think it was really hard to break into the MOBA scene when you already had Dota and LOL, obviously, right? Um, and Smite, yep. and so I think. It was hard. It just was harder to break into the mobile scene, right? Um, versus, you know, Overwatch really made its niche in the FPS market. Yeah. Well, uh, so ironically, speaking of FPSs uh, and free to plays, let's talk about another one that has been stumbling ever since it came out, and it doesn't look like things are going to get any better for right now even though there was this like massive i promise slash hope 
uh, that things would get correct. And that, of course, is Halo Infinite. Mm. Um, so 343, 343 Industries um, uh, was there was this big. There's going to be this big reveal. They're gonna they're going to unveil the next uh, roadmap for. Uh, Halo Infinite. They're going to give you a lot of things that they promised you right off the bat. They're going to make some tweaks. They're going to add content, all this jazz. Um, this roadmap apparently um, ended up uh, filled, riddled with delays. And one of their uh, the features that a lot of um, uh, people were hoping for uh, being canceled and that feature was um was local co-op so you could have two people sitting at a computer um doing you know the halo uh, infinite thing and of course what do you and i know halo for local couch co-op yes i know i mean it's kind of funny you think of like ages like we so we were talking with our um team this morning like afterwards we're just kind of shooting the crap yep. and we started talking about favorite video games mm-hmm. it was kind of funny how we almost like you could almost tell the age of somebody based on their fps experience so like the guys who were in their 30s were like all about halo and stuff because that's what we were doing in high little, in college had thought it a little bit different and i'm like yep add golden eye 64 and they're like yeah so it's kind of funny you can almost gauge a person's age based on when kind of their you know genesis of gaming almost was uh-huh. um for that high school level when they really got it into with their buddies true true um you know i um so he, to give you a little bit more information about the halo infinite stuff of course it's free to play uh, the only thing is uh, it's got paid cosmetics, which of course you know, make your character look pretty or make your character look pretty for everyone else except for you because it's a first-person shooter. Um, uh, the game operates on a rotational seasons, and each of the seasons uh, is supposed to add new maps, uh, potentially new modes, of course, new cosmetics. Um, so... Apparently, the seasons are supposed to. I can't remember how long they're supposed to run. Um, but the second season launched this past May and was supposed to go through November, which already people are like, this is way too long. But fine, whatever. In November, we'll get the third season, um, and everything will be awesome. Now, uh, because with this beautiful roadmap, they have revealed that this current season, the second season, will not end in November of 2022. It will now end March 2023. Good lord. Yes. And so here are some of the... Pe- now, now, from my understanding, they are going to release some of the stuff that they promised for the new season. But the new season won't officially start until March, 2023. Uh, so what's supposed to go, what was supposed to be released on November 8th, two new maps called detachment and Argyle, um, cosmetics that were, that were shown off in key art from the launch. 
we're supposed to be part of a free 30 level battle pass to be free level. yeah for the rest of the year uh an open world campaign will support online co-op uh and an and the option to finally replay missions covert one flag a new mode and um apparently there was a a an event called winter contingency which ran this past january and uh it will have a second outing called joint fire but of course the big big thing that everyone was hoping for the local co-op is completely kaputzed oh yes so you just can't monetize that local co-op yeah i guess mm. But local exactly. co-op for me, I mean, well, this was offline, but local co-op for me will always start with Cyber Dogs. Ah, uh, I mean, that's the same keyboard co-op. That's a whole yeah, different man. level of co-op. That's uh, that's Wazda with one person and the arrow keys on the other person. Uh, and then we would then we would both uh, map what our uh, what our gun, our, our basically our, our trigger was going to be. So, I mean, you know, 343 Studios, um, I'm sorry, 343 Industries, um, they've got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean, I remember like Overwatch, they completely changed their ranking system, I think, after the second or third season. Yeah. As far as that. So those first couple seasons can definitely be a little bit rough. Um, yeah, but to delay that season, November, uh, December, January, February, March, five months, even after everyone's going, that, the, the second season that was supposed to go from May until November, people were griping that was that was too long. That's it, Longs. Well, you also don't want to lose everyone, right? Like within the first year of your your game, that's also an issue, right? So, I mean, is is like like uh, competitive online seasons? Is it usually like a ten week thing? Because that seems to be like a three, you know, May, June, July. Yeah, like a three month, three and a half month seems to be. I really don't what know I what see. a regular season is, honestly, for competitive. Um, I don't know. I never really pay much attention, to be honest. Um, but even like Diablo has seasons with PVE. So it's definitely a thing. Or I know um, Path of Exile, they also have their seasons. So that's definitely a thing for games. So Overwatch, um, April, May, June, July, August. That's five months. That's first season? That was. Um, let's see here. Which one was this? This was uh, Overwatch. This was uh, the season in 2021. This was it ran April 16th through August 21st, with the playoffs in September. Well, that's different though. If you're talking Overwatch League versus the online league, are two different leagues, right? Let's see here. Uh, actually, let's just do. We'll do Smite League. Let's see what happens if I do that. What? No. Oh, my God. 
The first thing is Smite, part of the League of Legends wiki. No, that's not what I want. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay, so here's the Smite Pro League. Season kicks off. Wow, that thing, that actually, okay, that's phase one playoff, phase two. So there's different phases, but that's just, that's the pro league again. That's not just the regular, hey, Barracuda is the, the main focus on that. Anyways, but. Like League of Legends, I'm looking at that one. Their yeah. seasons last basically from January to the end of November. And then there's like a month and a half of no season or two months. Okay, so it's, so five. January, November, so that's that's actually ten. Yeah, that's a long season. So it, it probably depends on the game too, though. That's true. And, and what? And you're you're right. It, I think that that there's there's different definitions of like seasons. When it you comes, know what I think of season, I think about the non-pros, yeah. just the regular plebs. Right. Uh, I mean, like um, Legends Terra just dropped a huge content drop. Um, I guess yesterday. No, uh, Tuesday, I think. And I've been scrambling to try to 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 figure out all the new cards and stuff because I'm still trying to learn the cards that are already there. And now there's, I think, at least three or four new hero uh, champions again, and a bunch of other new cards. And yeah, it's interesting. There's always something, yo. Of course. You gotta always give new content, but you're right. I I feel right now. I'm just I guess because I'm still trying to play the, uh, you know, trying to play pickup or catch up. I should say on Legend Terra. I need them to stop <laughs> releasing new content so I can actually figure out what the hell is there. But then once you learn it all, you want to continue to have that new content to keep you interested and engaged. Right. Just stop it for everyone. Stop until I'm ready. Okay. How hard is that? I mean, there is definitely something to be said for it. It can be very daunting for a new player to, to jump into more established games. Right. Um, I mean, I know you always talk about, you know, smite where, you know, you play the random maps with random characters, people who especially know the characters. But it's the same thing, like, even if you play where you're supposed to know your character, maybe you do, you're also probably playing against people who have been playing for years. Yep. And it always, like, abused me when you'd be playing, like, Overwatch. And, I mean, I'll be the first minute. I was not that great of an Overwatch player. I went from bronze to silver to gold. I was somewhere in that range. Um, and I love when you'd be playing, like, and you'd have like you'd be playing in bronze because DPS I was terrible at, so I'd be in bronze DPS. And people are trying to like flame you or tell you how to play the game. You're like, dude, like you're just as shitty as me in the same like league. Like that's, if you were that good, you would not be bronze with me, brother. That's 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 the thing that drives me nuts is when you when someone tries to knock you down a peg, and then you look at their like their their game history, and you're like. Well, you, you think I suck? Like, dude, you, you basically are a lead weight on every single team you've ever, every single match you've played. And yet I'm not saying shit to you. 
Well, it has, I mean, you know, I, I know you don't play a lot, but you played the competitive games. And yeah. typically the people who phlegm the most suck the most. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, God, yes. Well, it, I mean, so there's always like one of the most common questions on the Overwatch Reddit is basically how do I improve? And from even like the best players, the number one answer is mindset and psychology of the game. Yeah. And as soon as you start to tilt just a little bit, your game goes downhill and you see it all the time. And all of a sudden you want to be, you know, that one player who carries against six others and it just doesn't work that way. Nope. Nope. Well, the rest of the team, I suck. So I'm just going to do it for them. It's like, no, like if you're a grandmaster player, sure. Do it, but you're not that good. But even then there's, there's not a really good chance that you're going to be able to, to carry your team through an entire match. I've seen in Overwatch, you can do it as a smurf. If you're really good, it, it, I've definitely seen it. But it's rare. I mean, it depends. Like anything else, it depends. Like if you're a gold smurf in bronze, you're probably not totally carrying the game if you have a shitty team. Yeah. If you're a grandmaster, yeah, you're probably actually carrying the team at that point because you're just going to kill everyone else before they can kill you. True. Like you got those mad Twitch skills. Yeah, nope. I just don't. Sorry. <laughs> my my hand and wrist just don't work that way. So, um, there was another story that broke. I can't remember exactly. Okay, so I think it broke a little bit ago, but shit was supposed to really go down starting today, uh, and that is that Ubisoft announced that they're shutting down a bunch of their game servers. Oh, of course. Today was supposed to be the day they shut everything down. Now, because of the public outcry, they're like, oh, do we say September 1st? I'm sorry, we meant October 1st. Really? Yeah. So basically in the 11th hour, they're like, oh, whoa. Oh, geez. You know, whoopsies. Um, So... Here are some of the servers that are being shut down. Um, uh, Anno 2070, however, the developers of that game are actually in the processes, the process of transferring all of that onto their own servers so that that could stay up and alive. I still see that because that's on my um, wish list. Mm-hmm. on steam and i still see that like regularly advertised i think that's what pisses me off the most about these shutdowns yeah is like when you don't know that's being shut down yeah um yeah no that so anu 2070 is scheduled for shutdown however the developers are, are in the process of trying to migrate all of that server stuff over to their their own stuff so that they can keep it alive and well. So according to this, yeah, they're actually on September 7th, they're releasing a update that allow you to basically do that. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. Uh, Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed 3, not the remastered version. Uh, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed Liberation HD, Assassin's Creed Revelations. Driver San Francisco, Far Cry 3, not the remastered edition. 
Uh, Ghost Recon Future Soldier, Prince of Persia, The Forgotten Sands, Rayman Legends, Silent Hunter 5, Space Junkies, Splitter Cell Blacklist, and Zombie U. Yeah, and the thing that sucks about Anya, it's like, it's when the DLCs become inaccessible. And I know there was another game we've talked about a week or two ago where it's the same thing. Yeah. Where it's just like, yep, you can't even access it anymore. And it's like, asshole. Because we're we're unfortunately at a pl- we're unfortunately in a place in time where video games are no longer products; they're services, and they could be cut from underneath you like that. And that's what like, and that's like kind of pisses me off about like going a political rant here. Yep. Like, if those of power actually gave a crap about like us little people, mm-hmm. it'd be shit like this that they would be looking at not saying like a games have to be accessible indefinitely. Right. But like have like, okay, if you offer a game that people are purchasing, then there has to be some way that then the game can be accessible. Not the online part. I get that. You're not going to host the online server forever. I right. understand that. Right. But if there's a non multiplayer part that the people could still download those basically indefinitely somehow mm-hmm. like that's the part i hate that that is the part that becomes inaccessible and i feel like that's where there actually needs to be some kind of legislation honestly because companies aren't going to just do it i think that there just needs to be like some kind of clause in the eula stating that after this certain date if there's any bugs or issues it is no longer uh the the consumer is is uh, understands that no additional work is being done after this specific date. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I totally get that. No, like, yeah, I know, I'm, but I think that, that yeah. that's that's part of the reason why they pull it is because they're like, well, we don't want to touch it anymore. Well, that's fine. If it's yeah. just this, this is this has been my gripe ever since this always online bullshit that happened many many years ago with single player games. It's a single player game. If my internet goes down, I still want to play my single player game. I don't want to I'm I've never wanted to interact with anybody else. I just want to play my single player game. Yep. Yeah. No, I don't think I mean there's always maybe one or two twerps, but by and large, people get that you know games go basically into sunset mode for development. We understand that, but still be able to I mean, we could still, you know, install our old disc of you know years gone by if you have them. So yeah. Ready well, not anymore because we don't have any disk drives on our computers anymore. Ha! Huh, wait, that was fine. Yes, my computer still has a disk drive. Aha! Uh-huh. Well, I've got I've actually got a disk drive. Um, uh, I've I've actually got an external. Uh, it's a, it might be Blu-ray or it might be DVD. I can't remember, but I've got I mean, a drive as well. I can remember the last time I actually used it. To be fair. Yeah. No. Really, once operating systems became installable via usb mm-hmm. that's when it's like well that was like really the main reason i used to dish drive for a while yep. it was a reason my os's but now modern times call get a need for modern solutions there you go so but yeah i i just i'm looking at this list and i i mean i understand that a lot of these games have been out for a, a long time i mean but at the same time, you know, I, I just, it's sad that 
that, you know, no one's going to be able to play this anymore or, you know, have access to these games anymore. Okay, so here's a question for you in this yep. case. Uh-huh. What hoops do you think the Onyo developers had to go through with Ubisoft to basically release a patch to keep the game still playable and installable? What hoops? Yeah. They they probably had to... Um, they probably... Good Lord. I The list did not paste well into the chat, by the way. Um, uh, they probably had to sign like a disclosure saying that, um, you know, that anything... I bet you that they, they basically had to... They're still going to have to give Ubisoft a good chunk of change for every single purchase going forward, but they also have to sign off or, um, you know, take responsibility for any, um, uh, server issues that might, uh, might happen on their own dime. Like Ubisoft's not going to swoop in and save them, uh, for like server maintenance and stuff. It sounds like a, unfortunately win win for Ubisoft because then they still get the money. Exactly. And, and that's probably, it, that's probably what it will take to keep some some of these games alive when the publisher decides that they're going to sunset a shit ton of games at once. So, you know, I mean, uh, hopefully that transition for Auto 2070 goes well, and hopefully there are other companies out there that will use that as a template, especially if they're working with Ubisoft, to maybe keep their game alive if they feel that it's not time yet. This is where like steam should swoop in. I mean, steam is like swimming in money from the 30% cut. There are games get sunsetted like this, like work something out to be able to still make it possible. Even if they still get like some percentage of the cut, I get it. Right. But like, that'd be the perfect opportunity for steam to become like the master publisher for old games. Well, remember for years, a lot of the, the uh, server infrastructure was actually third party through GameSpy. Oh yeah. And then they shut everything down. And they basically said, "Publishers, it's all y'all, dude." So. Yeah, I remember that. You know. I played a lot of. Was it Neverwinter Nights? I think through that yeah. system. I think yep. was what I played. Yep. Yeah. That would be one of them. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause real quick to do the uh, friends of the show. These are the beautiful bastards that help us keep, literally keep the lights on. Friends? Yeah, we do. We do indeed. So let's start off with, uh, let's start off as we always do with the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences, a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R.com. The next friend of the show that we have to thank is the one and only Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media 
Previously, Wet Kid 47 Media is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. Now we got to talk about the master and wizard that will make you feel better because he can adjust you at, to new heights. And that, of course, is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They're committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. Now let's talk about the maestro, the composer, the man who helped make our intro and outro cross-pat creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, like Alter Confusion. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. And the final friend of the show that we have to thank this evening is Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both a development team and system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings, and many times during, he is the agile evangelist Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, ineffective work, and bad habits. For more information, go to agileaxiom.com. That's A-G-I-L-E-A-X-I-O-M.com. And as I promised, ladies and gentlemen, um, I have Axe's book right here for you. What's up, Faint HD? It's your favorite new bedtime book? It it it's uh well actually I wanna real quick before before I, I show you this book, I do since Faint is in the crowd for uh for a second here, I do want to once again uh, extend my great thanks to Faint HD because he with his raid two weeks ago was the reason that we finally got into the Twitch affiliate program. So thank you, Faint HD. You demand. Okay, uh, so here is the book. Um, wow, if I could just, there we go. Is That Agile? Common Processes for Development Teams by Christopher Axtham. So, yes. Um, I have not yet started reading it, but I know that where I'm working, um, I will, um, that that this is actually something that we're trying to do at, at the office, so. Which part of Agile are you learning? Are you learning about Scrum, Kanban? I don't know. I, I'll tell you when we get into the classes. Ah, there you go. Because there are subsets of Agile, and you must learn all of them. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to, I know that many, many of you out there want to know how you too can become a friend of the show. So we are going to uh, tell you real quick, and then we're going to give you our, um, I'm, I'm switching up the order just a little bit this evening. Um, uh, so if you, lords, ladies of the realm of the ones and zeros, want to be a friend of the show, basically have your name or organization uh, given a shout out during every single Thursday night hangout, this is what you got to do. Ladies and gentlemen, Ultra Confusion survives in the love and support of amazing people like you, and that is why we have a Patreon. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, interdimensional beings, gods, demons, alien supporters, and more to become active participants of the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Currently, we have two tiers. We have a $1 tier, that's $1 a month or $12 a year. What that will get you is early access to all of our playthroughs, as well as patron-only activities such as posts and polls to help shape the future of Ultra Confusion. Now, if you're feeling kind of frisky and you want to be part more part of Ultra Confusion, there is a $5 tier, which is $5 a month or $60 a year. Not only do you get everything at the $1 tier, but you also gain your name or or organization added to the thank you section of every single Thursday night hangout. So if you have the capacity and you want to be a patron for Ultra Confusion, go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Ultra Confusion, all one word. Now, let us talk about the thing that's always super duper exciting and that I'm always happy to help and support, and that is ladies and gentlemen. Ultra Confusion is proud to say that we have been fundraising for Extra Life for 11 straight years. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, GAME, to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids we treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Alter Confusion today. All right. Um... Ironically, I was going to—I wasn't going to do the mailing thing, but uh, I just remembered that we do have a package. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you do not want to—if you feel that doing a financial uh, support of Alter Confusion is a little bit out of your wheelhouse, but you want to give something to Alter Confusion, perhaps to show off, um, or for us to showcase during one of our shows, what you could do is you can mail it to us at one five five one. Dunwoody, that's D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Village Parkway, and the next part is super duper 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 important, number 88276. If you do not put that number 88276, it will not get to us. That is our P.O. Box number, number 88276. If you do not put it there, it goes to the post office proper and will be immediately returned to you within three to five business days. The city, of course, is Dunwoody, D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y. The state is Georgia. The zip code is 30338. And let me grab the package that's slightly off camera here real quick. One second. And someone apparent uh, will is uh, feeding. I can already tell you that someone is 
feeding my slight addiction, slight addiction to Funko Pops, because this slight? is, yeah, slight addiction. Okay, uh, your, your background says otherwise. It's a slight addiction, damn it, and this is not all of them. <laughs> Let's see. I so at least I think it. I, th I think it's a Funko Pop. What is your real addiction then? What is my real addiction? Good quality video games. That's fair. I mean, I guess that's why we're here. With really good storylines and uh, good game mechanics. Doesn't have to be the best, the, the most. Super broad. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm trying to be. I, I don't want to pay, you know, I don't want to, you know, pay you myself as a one-trick pony yourself. here, damn it. Yeah, this is, okay. It's from Blue Salamander Emporium. What? That's what it says. Blue Salamander Emporium. Why are you getting salamanders? No, it's a toy store. Oh, that makes more sense. Let's see here. What we got here? What are we adding? Whoa. Do you know who sent it? God damn it. Okay, seriously. If you guys send me stuff, like do the gift receipt or something, or 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 write me a note. Because all I know is that it was from the Blue Salamander Emporium. Now, it could be someone who works at the Blue Salamander Emporium. I don't know. You should call the Blue Salamander Emporium and be like, I got this package and I need to like return it because it's broken. Can you let me know who bought it so I can work with them to get a refund? I don't think that's how it works. Um, but that's how it works in the spine. Dude, works. this looks sweet. It's Batman Red Death. That that looks really cool. Like really, really cool. It's a preview exclusive. So So it's still a Funko Pop. Yes, but it is, it looks badass. That's, that's a, that's a really cool looking Funko Pop. Another Funko Pop to blend in with your limitless wall of Funko Pops. What do you mean limitless? There's a limit to them. I don't know. Everywhere I look, I see a Funko Pop. Hold on. There. But now you're covering up another Funko Pop, man. That's not cool. It's going to hurt you, his feelings. Oh, my God, dude. Do you know how many Funko Pops I've covered? I'm, I mean, I'm winning quicker. <laughs> I don't have addiction, okay? Damn it. That's what they all say. <laughs> all right. Let's let's get back to, to the, the... first step is acceptance. Whatever you say, Zealous. Okay, let's get back into um, uh, some of the news. Okay, so this one, you know, as I've, as I've put, or I've said many, many times, I have fallen back heavy into... Legends of Ruterra, um, which of course is a, a digital collectible card game. Now, I was a little bit caught off guard when I found out that Disney, with having been basically in every single effing arena already, they've got theme parks, they've got, of course, movie studios and video game studios, they are... This, they have just decided that they are going to, to the collectible card game business. Um, they're going to be utilizing um, the a game publisher that's been around for 139 years in, in the company uh, Ravensburger. Uh, and what you they're going to... didn't just buy them? No. They, amazingly enough, they didn't actually buy this this uh, this publisher. They, they're actually going to utilize this publisher. This publisher is going to introduce the world to Disney's collectible card game, Disney... Lorcana, spelled L-O-R-C-A-N-A. So handheld card game. It's not a electronic CCG. 
This is this is physical like cards you get in the foil wrapper. Wait, the kids who they're actually aiming this towards actually play physical games still? People still buy the shit out of some Pokemon cards and some magic cards. So yes, and yes, those are the two that they're that 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 they're, you know, going for. So how long until it becomes a video game? I don't know. But I don't think you know. I would be really surprised if this game stayed, um, uh, like physical without oh, a digital, um, because Pokemon has both uh, physical and digital. But I have to say that the Pokemon tradable card game online sucks balls. I'm sorry. Well, you also but have it does. the Pokemon game. Okay. Well, yeah. So, but that's. So they I know that's not the same. Slightly different, but yeah, yeah, no. But uh, if you were to go, you know, you've got I, Magic. I would bet my entire life savings that it's going to become an ECCG at some point. Oh yeah, that yeah. Well, I mean, there's still time. I mean, it's not coming out until I think it's yeah, uh, 2023. But okay, so here, base the basic idea is that there's this place called the Great Illuminary. It is a treasury of all the Disney songs and stories ever made, all the characters, and it's where their kind what hold on it, it is where they're they are kind of recorded okay the the players take on this role as the lumineer this powerful sorcerer that has the ability to bring these characters to life off the page ta-da cards um uh players will be bringing a band of their favorite dizzy characters together to adventure in this world uh, the brand manager Ryan Miller, who uh, worked with, with uh, Wizards of the Coast, is uh, was also a vital part of the um, helping design the gameplay. He ba he he said this: Magic, I would say, has a very high comp uh, competition level. People love that about Magic. We have pulled back from it. I wouldn't say that we're cooperative in any sense. It's Definitely a strategy card game, but I would say that we've pulled back the confrontation level because we feel that will appeal to a lot more folks. So if you think of chess as the highest confrontation level you can get, we're a bunch of notches behind that because we want people to have fun. So you're saying the chess isn't fun uh, with these characters as they love so uh, that they love so much. So they're going to do a modern the they're going to do a modern storybook art style. Um, the they were inspired by the storybook openings of the classic Disney films and features visible line work and uh, vibrant color washes and mi mixes both traditional hand drawn qualities seen in fairy tale storybooks with new digital techniques. I actually really want the electronic CCG now, where I'm playing like show tunes throughout the entire game hmm. playing well, you're talking about like the show like the songs like you're about like there's songs in it i know it's paper ccg so you're right. hearing them right but it makes me think of actually playing it online and almost like the battles are based around the song that's playing or something i don't know can you feel the love tonight lion king to take yes. out uh under the sea by the little murray <laughs> 
See, now we're talking. <laughs> I think that would be an intriguing idea, actually. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's like Guitar Hero meets Magic the Gathering. Sure. I guess. Which actually makes me really sad that they don't make any, like, basically new plastic instruments. Because those plastic instruments take a shit ton of space. Oh, I mean, I know. I get it. But I have a hankering for, like, a new version of Guitar Hero or Rock Band, whatever it is, with updated peripherals and graphics and all that fun stuff. Of course, of course. Uh, but it's not happening. Now, if you... if the, you, the listeners, the viewers uh, out there, somehow live near or in Anaheim, California, and you're interested in this game, Disney Lorcana, uh, there is going to be a D23 Expo in Anaheim. Uh, it's a fan-focused event. It kicks off September 9th, so basically the next week. Um and at that expo, there you're going to get a first look at the cards and some of the game mechanics. Interesting. So hopefully there'll be lots of YouTube videos. And if, no offense, but if I remember and I'm not playing too much Legends of Ruterra, I'll check it out and just, you know, take a peek. Uh, see well, what, what it all looks like. But I mean, I, I mean, I definitely could see, you know, you're at the Target you know, check out line. You got your kids, and of course they know like Lion King and Aladdin and all that fun stuff. Yep. And all of a sudden you see like foil packs with like Aladdin on the front cover with like a little shoe tube coming out of his mouth. Of course the kids are gonna want that shit. Yep. Nope. Absolutely. And and the and from my understanding, there's gonna be like foil cards and oh, yeah. hologram cards. So you know they'll they'll get the don't don't worry. Disney and, and Ravensburger are not going to skimp on these cars. They're going to be, they're going to be sweet looking. I just don't know what the mechanics are going to be. And just think, then you could collect them and not open them up, just like your Funko Pops for collector's sake. Yes, you could do that too, Celius. Okay, now um, we we talked about uh, this game, uh, Disney Lorcana, and of course one of the ma major competitors, Magic the Gathering. But of course, the other major competitor is is Pokemon. So, and of course, Pokemon is owned by the Pokemon Company. So there's some new news about Pokemon Company, not about the card game though, but Pokemon Company uh, has filed a lawsuit against six Chinese companies mm. over a mobile game for copyright infringement and unfair co competition behavior. It is claiming over $72 million in damages and demanding public apologies to be put on major social media platforms, gaming websites, and app stores. Are they following this in America or like China? China. Yeah, that shit ain't going anywhere. Unless they bribe the right people. So there is a game there is a game in China called Pocket Monster Reissue. It is where you collect not Pokemon and battle them in a turn-based system that features artwork with similarities to popular characters from the Pokemon franchise. Apparently, there's uh, a character that looks a hell of a lot like Ash Ketchum, which, of course, has been the main staple behind Pokemon forever. Um, if, you, if you look online, you can find gameplay videos uh, that 
show most of the trainable monsters are original designs, but there are a couple of designs that are blatant ripoffs. Apparently, uh, viewers have seen unedited uh, Clefables and Grand Bulls uh, in some of the videos, and that one of the characters in the play uh, videos appears to be the same main character or one of the main characters from Pokemon Black and White. But does it have Pikachu? I'm, 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 I'm you know, I, I, you know, I, I would, I would hazard to guess that there is a Pikachu esque monster there. It's probably not a blatant ripoff because Pikachu is so iconic. Um, you know, I feel, I feel like when if you're, if you're trying to go this like collectible monster route, you're gonna try to, you're more likely to rip off the less known Pokemon's than the the main staples. Like you're probably not gonna see a Charizard or uh, a Squirtle or an a Bulbasaurus or whatever, or a Mewtwo or a Mew. Um, but this game. This is the crazy thing. This game has actually been uh, on major Chinese app stores since 2015. Um, the game made $4 million a month in its first year and has increased uh, in profits since then. Here's here's a fun little twist, though. One of the companies that's listed on the uh, the, the lawsuit, who, who happens to be one of the developers, also is one of... Is one of the China's uh, major steel pipe makers. <laughs> so, try to figure that one out. <laughs> um, now, uh, one thing is that uh, the Pokemon Company they don't ha- they don't really have a presence on the China uh, the Chinese app stores. Uh, basically, since 2017, because of Pokemon Go. And it being banned on all Chinese app stores because of traffic safety concerns. Good, good luck, guys. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's gonna go anywhere, but good freaking luck. I mean, it, like okay, like I understand you. Okay, the was it seventy two dollars, seventy two million dollars worth of damages, but then for like the public apology apologies. To include, and here's some of the websites they want their apologies to be placed on. Uh, Sina, S-I-N-A dot com, uh, Tencent dot com, and NetEase dot com, as well oh. as the major mobile app stores they want the, the apology posted there as well. I feel like at this point, they're just actually kind of trolling. Yeah, I think so too. Like, like yeah, like Tencent's going to give a shit about that. No, I, it would be funny if like, I, I, you know, it's probably to just bring even more attention to it because they could probably just list a big name website and say, yeah, I want you to post an apology there. And then people reach out to that website going, what the hell is going on? I actually and they're want like, to be posted on the CCP like front door. The, uh, let's see. On uh, like, uh, like you know, Bl- uh, Activision Blizzard's website. Having nothing, yes! having nothing to do. Now, now we're talking. You know, speaking of Activision Blizzard, did you see um, that the UK is challenging the actual merger between yep. Microsoft and Activision? Yep, they're stepping up their game to try to stop it, uh, stop the merger from happening. Indeed, they are. They have grave concerns over the merger. I have grave concerns that 
uh, Activision Blizzard still has the same CEO. So, but I think, like, when it comes to Blizzard, Activision, I look at the industry is kind of how I view it. Uh-huh. When it comes to video games, mergers don't particularly bother me because, like, you and I could go start a video game tomorrow. And what I mean by that is like the actual startup cost of actual creating a video game is it's really open to anyone. And I know it's not as simple as that. I totally yes. get that. I'm oversimplifying it, but I mean like there's not like there's not that barrier of entry into it. I mean, you, you can become a flappy birds for all you know. Um, so when it comes to video games and mergers, it's lo- you know, it doesn't particularly bother me. It sucks as gamers. But from uh, far as like an anti-consumer, antitrust, I'm like, meh, whatever. It's really in industries like video, like telecommunications, in mass media, where there's really no way of entry into those industries. So when you have further consolidation in those industries, like it's almost like permanently consolidated. Like there's yeah. no way to almost unconsolidate that. Right. Whereas in video games. I mean, you kind of have these new up and comers, like you have giant, you know, giant um, big, games, big giant games. Oh, okay, no, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, super totally giant games, out. not giant bomb get, games. Where you can kind of have these, you know, developers come up through the ranks and kind of create really great indie games. Um, so when it comes to video games, it doesn't particularly bother me. Mm-hmm. It's really those industries like telecom. That's where it sucks. For the consumer, because then you have no choice whatsoever. Yeah. Um, or at least, like I would say, outside of sports, because sports games, there's no innovation. <laughs> outside of that, there's usually at least can some we, type of innovation. Can we? Can we talk? Uh, uh, after the show, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I implore you to go to YouTube and search for Madden 23 uh, gameplay videos. Oh God! Because Oh my God, the amount of like just stupid craptacular shit that is that game is amazing. I mean, it's it got worse. Dog, oh, it got a lot worse. Um, See, that's why you especially have, like, a in real the PlayStation place. Ed- edition. Place, it's a feature, it's not a bug. The, the, this, um, I watched one of the videos. It's literally like, uh, I know I'm going to be dating myself, but there was this. Uh, also, you could YouTube this, the Bo Jackson move in Tecmo Bowl, where literally you can run all yeah, over yeah. the field and then you can score a touchdown. You could do that on the PlayStation 5 version of Madden a lot. And there's also weird-ass glitches where the football just isn't recoverable or your own ple- teammate will get in your way and take you out. I mean, it's 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 bad. Um, Which is funny because, like, I mean, Tecmo Bowl, it was like a meme. It became, like, you know, a staple of the game. Yeah. But a game like Madden, you don't expect that. No. No. I just I, – I laughed my ass off with some of the the uh, the, the tomfoolery uh, that you can get away with in that game. Yeah. Um. So we have – one more story to talk about, um, and that is that uh, one of the designers on uh, the, speaking of Steam, uh, one of Valve's designers, 
that works on the Steam Deck has basically said, yeah, there's going to be a next-gen Steam Deck. We're, we're not going to be done with one. Um, he said, unless something major changes, there will be a next generation of Steam Deck products in the future. The theme, size, and shape will change, and it might even become a streaming machine. Development on the Steam Deck will continue. One reason is that it is an extension of our core Steam platform. The Steam Deck is another PC in another form, but Steam has many other uses besides this handheld device, and we will continue to work to satisfy our customers as much as possible. Having said that, Valve has responded to this statement from from one of their designers saying that there definitely will be new generations of Steam Deck. However, while the company might make streaming via the Steam Deck a focus in the future, it's not currently the in the company's primary path. Valve has made no announcements on technical specifications for the next generation of Steam Deck at this time. Here's my question. Aren't they currently still having issues trying to get Steam Deck, like the hardware, out to like the consumer? And they're already working on trying to make an, a new one? Because that really boggles my mind. And I think we might have lost Zelius. Uh, but it, it quite boggles the mind that, I don't know. Hopefully we get Zelius back so we can get his thoughts. But, okay. I mean, I, I've heard that the Steam Deck is a success. It's a hell of a lot better deal than Steam Box, that's for sure. Um, and... Um, I love this frozen video, this frozen image of Zelius here. Uh, if you're watching this either live or uh, recorded, oh, and Zelius left the building. Um, there he is. Yo. So, uh, what were your thoughts? Um, I mean, it's not surprising. I mean, yes, I would say two things. One is, if you look at where basically computer components are now. Yep. It makes sense because basically the great GPU shortage is basically thankfully ended. Mm -hmm. um, so it'd be, it's much more accessible and easier for Steam to create hardware and probably get the Steam decks out the door as you're putting it. Um, and I think also the Switch kind of showed that this is probably the right niche for them to take, honestly. Right. Um, and based off of the sales, it kind of makes sense because you think of like a hardware PC, like a computer, like... You already have so many of those in the you know market, but when it's a handheld Steam Deck with you know the video and all that good stuff, basically, obviously Switch, but PC, mm -hmm. uh, it makes sense that you know this is kind of going to be their hardware marketplace, which does benefit their own Steam ecosystem and complement it. So it's kind of a no-brainer to me, honestly, that they would just continue on this path. Um, I don't see why they wouldn't. Right. Um, yeah. All right, we'll see. And I would also, I know you mentioned that, I think right before I cut off of like, wait, they're still having got the first gen, or you're talking about second gen. Yep. But I would also say, you know, if you're building PCs, PC architecture and generation change so much more rapidly than your consoles. Mm -hmm. You know, consoles are very, you know, generation based, as we know. Um, versus the PCs, you know, you can change your hardware in and out with a snap. I mean, you've got people who are modding 
the switch, not switches, the um, Steam Decks with better, bigger hard drives already. So I think it, it is a little bit different game when it comes to the hardware architecture for a PC of being able to just, you know, upgrade, you know, the graphics card with the new version, whatever it is. Right, right. Versus a console where you don't quite get that. True. All right, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I just, to me, it's like, it'd be, um, I don't know. <laughs> You're, I don't know. It just, it just seems, I, I would, I, well, I guess technically they didn't want to announce it right now, but the developer kind of, you know, said something. Yeah, I don't think they planned on announcing it. It's just one of those I think I think that's that's like, my oh. I think that that's where what I gotta gotta remember is that they yeah of course you know like Nintendo's working on a follow up and PlayStation's yeah. working on a follow up and Microsoft is but there's no you know there's there is the suppose you know the the we're assuming that this shit is happening versus you know the Steam design or, or one of the Steam deck guys going oh yeah there's gonna be another one and Valve probably going fuck shut up it's like if somebody was like you know from Sony said like yeah we're working on a PlayStation 6 well of course they are yeah doesn't mean it's coming out anytime soon exactly but somewhere there's like a small little team still thinking and planning what is this looking like yeah we duh yeah but I'm not expecting one anytime soon right Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's the switch that I'm surprised where there's been nothing new. Do they really need to do anything right now, though? I mean, they're they're releasing a, a new version of it that's that's harder to uh, to hack. I mean, technically no, but I think. I mean, I don't think, but there's definitely room for graphical improvements of even course. in the current generation games. Of course, of course, but we'll just have to wait on that announcement for well, a while a while yeah i mean again it comes i mean but kind of your point of getting steam decks in people's hands it's not like any of the current generation consoles are exactly having difficulty selling their consoles right so by the same token it's like why would you put all that money investment into a new console when you're basically at this point making free money from your investment right well i mean the, the i got the and i guess the one of the other uh, benefits between the Steam Deck versus any of these consoles is you got to think of the the library, you know, mm. uh, your 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 uh, game catalog. When you change to a different PlayStation, you're leaving. There's a very very good chance that you're leaving the previous generation's games behind, unless you want to rebuy them through their digital store. Yep. Versus if a if a new Steam Deck comes out, it's probably going to have you know, fresher graphics and maybe have more functionality, but you're still going to have the Steam library. Well, that'll be actually interesting to see, I think, both on the Xbox mm -hmm. and the PlayStation now. When they come out, like, let's just say the PS6 and the Xbox 6, I'm just calling that for the sake of argument. Sure. If you buy a digital game, mm -hmm. will that be playing on the new console? Because, like, with the PS5, I don't know the Xbox very well, but like I can buy PS4 digital games mm -hmm. and they're perfectly playable on my PS5. Those have been, so, those have been, uh, uh, they've been optimized for the PlayStation 5. You no, can't get just PS4 games. Just regular PS4 games I buy, I can play on my PS5. 
five bucks says that there's been some optimization in the code to, so that it plays smoothly on your phone. It, it, there's not a, there's not going to be a smooth transition. There's got to be That's some kind of emulation behind the scenes. Otherwise you'd have your entire PlayStation four library of games available, which they're not going to do. But like I can buy PS four disc and play them on a PS five with no problem. Then they have software emulation on it. I mean, I'm just like any of the PS four physical games I have right. are playable on my PS five with zero issue. That you know of. I'm sure that there's something. Well, when I say zero issue, I mean I'm not having to repurchase the game. I'll put it that way. Are you, did you say physical or digital? Physical, but also digital. Like I bought digital PS4 games that are for the PlayStation 4 that I'm playing on the PlayStation 5. Maybe Sony's finally wising up after I they mean, had every really labeled since they like, kept allowing people to steal all their customers' credit card information. Because what was it like Demon Souls or one of the souls? Yeah. Like a bunch of the games are made for PlayStation 4 that are playable perfectly fine on PlayStation 5. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Don't really care. But right. from a consumer perspective, I'm purchasing PlayStation 4 games because mm -hmm. they, they do a good job of marking whether or not it's a PS4 or PS5 title. And like, when I first got the PS5, there were very few PlayStation 5 titles out. Right, yeah. And so I was mostly getting PlayStation 4 games, which... I could play perfectly fine, but I feel like that's kind of like this kind of transition was really the first time you had that mm -hmm. where it's kind of like, well, we'll make it work. And that's why I'm kind of curious, you know, we're really in this almost digital only world for all the consoles. Right. So to me, it'll be much more interesting going to the next generation. How's that going to transfer now? If the catalog, if, if your back catalog or your library will transfer over. Hmm? Yeah. We'll find out. Indeed. We'll find out. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, we've reached the end of our show. But uh, I do want to point out real quick that if you missed some of the show, you can always find the the audio, the podcast version on most podcast platforms. Uh, and, of course, you can watch our videos on YouTube. Uh, hopefully, I mean, the turnaround is usually either tomorrow or uh, next Wednesday. So there's a little wiggle room. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, yeah. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Alter Confusion Thursday night hangout for myself, Charlie and Zelius. It's been a pleasure giving everything to come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Alter Confusion Thursday night hangout. Remember guys, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that brother.